This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, joined as always by Nick Horwad, who's enjoying a nice little, uh, what is that, bagel there and some coffee? Yeah, I'm trying to enjoy my breakfast. Uh, yeah. But yes, it is a bagel and coffee because, ladies and gentlemen, uh, especially with the coffee, get excited. Uh, playoff season, season, S-Z-N, if you will, mm-hmm. is here. Playoffs 2022. They're here. Outdoor season at Stage E is here. Everything's picking up in spring. Leaves are growing on the trees outside. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm still wearing a hoodie inside because I'm perennially cold. But you know what? Uh, it's the best time of the year if you ask hockey fans. 100%. You know, it is this season is the best season for hockey fans. Hashtag because it's the cup, mm-hmm. as you like to say. But before we get into that, because this episode will be preliminarily a preview of Penguins versus Rangers in the first round. We have some personal news. Now, other people might not get as excited about this as we are, but we're very excited to announce that we, both Horwat and I, will be joining Sports Illustrated Fan Nation to cover the Pittsburgh Penguins for Inside the Penguins. So we will both be writing for Sports Illustrated about the Penguins for this playoffs and going forward until who knows when. We're both very excited to get this started, and it's going to work cohesively with this podcast so if you like our opinions if you like our thoughts if you like our content there's gonna be just that much more coming from sports illustrated fan nation yeah i mean we appreciate anyone who does tune in to listen and especially now if you tune in to read um i hope that maybe some of the same people that read my stuff from the hockey writers are sticking around here listen to the (laughs) podcast and have more stuff to read uh it'll be good to get back into writing because uh you know just didn't have the time for it Luckily enough, um, time's been opening up a little bit for me, at least. And this is different writing. This is not the same as the long, super long form hockey writer stuff, but Mm -hmm. it's uh, just as informative, just as entertaining, and is opening up great opportunities for the two of us. And we hope you all enjoy everything we have to offer. Yeah, so if you wanted more of our thoughts besides the Monday and Thursday podcast, which will still be coming out, there's going to be articles basically every single day from you, Horwat, from me, from our boss, Noah Strackbein, and also from our fourth team member that I, I have to look up his name. We just met him yesterday. Jacob um, something. Jake, yes. Jake, I couldn't remember his last name. We'll, we'll get that out to you. But nonetheless, sorry, Jake, about that. But nonetheless, it's going to be a really good team effort. There's going to be a lot of great content. There's going to be a lot of opinion pieces. Your one-stop shop for basically opinions, news, all of it, everything Pittsburgh Penguins at Inside the Penguins. There's already a Twitter page at Inside Penguins, so you can go over and follow that if you want. But we will be kicking all of this off on Wednesday the 4th. So there will already have been game one of this series between the Rangers and the Penguins, but we will be kicking it off. There's going to be already like five or six articles on the website the second it drops. It's a very exciting time for us. It's a very exciting time for hockey fans in general, specifically Pittsburgh Penguins fans, because it is the playoffs. So with that, We will transition over to the rest of the episode and talking Penguins versus Rangers. Of course, this is the first time these two teams have matched up in the Stanley Cup playoffs since the 2016 playoffs. The first round, the Penguins able to take that one from the Rangers. But this year in the regular season, the Rangers won the series three games to one. Pittsburgh had 
Only one five-on-five goal in all four games against Igor Shosturkin. That came from the hands of Brian Boyle. And the only one for the Penguins was in the first matchup between the two teams, a one-to-nothing win at PPG Paints Arena. Horwat, before we get into the really deep specifics of this matchup, what do you overall think about Pens versus Rangers? It's going to be a fun series, without doubt. I think anyone who saw the way I, we talked about it at nauseum at length because I wanted to really dig into it. And if anyone saw the way the Rangers and Penguins left the ice against in their last meeting against each yeah. other, um, there's some, there's some blood there again. It's fine. The rivalry finally feels like it's there again. We have been talking for a couple of seasons now about how since the Rangers aren't good uh, or haven't been as good as they are now, the rivalry has kind of burnt out a little bit. We can remember Back when Yager was there, it was harsh. Like there was some severe rivalry that we only met in the playoffs once with Yager on that team. Mm-hmm. But those teams would battle it out and duke it out in the regular season all the time. Um, and then things kind of faded. The Rangers dominated us in the playoffs a couple of times, mm-hmm. and then they fell off fell off the horse uh, while we kept riding. And it, the rivalry hasn't been the same. It seems it feels like now it's getting back to that level of intensity of mm-hmm. just grittiness between the two teams um it might be smart to have it to the point where it might be smart to have mark friedman play some hockey again <laughs> yeah because he's going to be the only one and maybe brian boyle who's going to drive that kind of play so it's going to be fun it's going to be entertaining regardless of outcome and score i think the first thing i think of about in this specific series is the chippiness that is going to happen it's going to feel yeah. like real life playoff hockey again mm-hmm. uh, not that we haven't had it with in Pittsburgh for a while, but I mean, as much as we don't like the Islanders, they turned that stuff off in the postseason. So there's two of our last three seasons where things weren't getting, you know, turning into a bloodbath. Uh, and then that Montreal series, we don't talk about. Yeah. So, but it also wasn't a chippy series. So this is going to be the first one in a long time where it's felt like there is some bumps and bruises coming out of it, regardless of how it turns out. It's going to start from game one. Yes. hundred percent. Especially because like you mentioned, the last time we saw these two teams on the ice together, they were at center ice with no time left on the clock, getting ready to have a full team brawl, not a line yeah. brawl, a full team brawl. And the last thing that you see, and I'm hoping it comes back to bite him in the ass is yeah, Igor Shesterkin with that little wave saying, bye-bye, bye-bye. Stop talking. That's the thing. The Penguins, they, they need to come into this series. They need to be ready for that type of matchup because that's what the, that's what the Rangers going to bring guys like Dryden hunt guys like Barclay Goodrow. We've seen him do it the past two seasons with the Tampa Bay lightning. He's going to do it again for the Rangers here. That's why they brought him into this team. So it's going to be a really good series. If you ask me going back to the three past times, the Penguins and Rangers played each other because they played each other three straight years in the postseason from 2014 to 2016. I think it's going to be most like 2014, a series where the Penguins had a three to one lead and they blew it and lost in seven. I I think it's going to be seven games. I think it's much more evenly matched than it was in 2015 and in 2016. And I think it's going to be a series that is probably going to go plus six games, potentially seven. Yeah, I'm with you on seven games. It's not the, it's not the 2016 series anymore. No. It's not old man Lundqvist being trotted out behind i can't remember who was on that rangers team still chris Kreider. Oh, chris uh, marty, Kreider. was marty st louis no marty st louis was on the uh on the team that was down three to one and came back yes because they went the whole way to the finals in 2014 that's right that was the st louis team that mm-hmm. they went to the finals it's so 
Yeah, I, I don't remember much about that team. I don't remember much about that series other than that was Lundqvist's crybaby year. That really yeah. was. Um, that team wasn't fit to be in the playoffs, it seemed. But, nah. I mean, they were in for a couple straight seasons. I remember they had a bad uh, – I think they fell apart the next year too. But yeah. that being said, it, it was it's not the same Rangers team as then. You're right. It is more like the 2014 series where both teams are a little more evenly matched. Mm-hmm. And – there could be some real fireworks between the two. I also like throwing in that 2018 series. I don't remember the length of it. I'd have to quickly find it. Um, but that 2018 series were two powerhouse teams. Dear, what am I saying? 2008? Two th- oh, the 2008 series between the Penguins I and may have the Rangers. I've seen a couple times. Yeah. You know how it the is. Penguins, the Penguins won that in five games, too. I mean, Marion Hosa. Right. Yep. Marion Hosa ended it in overtime in game five. Yeah. I mean, but still, I mean, you look at that uh, Rangers team. I mean, it was. Sean Avery. We had to beat the Sean Avery New York Rangers. <laughs> yeah. Yarmir Yager was there crushing it. Scott Gomez, Chris Drury, Brandon Shanahan in his veteran years. Mm-hmm. It was a different team then, but there was still a battle to be had there. Yeah. Whereas there's a battle this year. You got new faces for sure in this in the in the classic blue sweaters, but mm-hmm. it's not Lundquist, it's not Yager, it's now uh Chesterkin. It's now Chris Kreider and his large band of merry men. Yeah, yeah, no, Pranarin and Zabenajad, all these guys. I mean, you have Lafreniere and Kako both on the third line, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah. But speaking of lines, let's get to the Pittsburgh Penguins because they practiced on Sunday. We got a sneak peek of what the lineup is going to look like. So we'll discuss it here. I'm going to pull up a tweet from Matt Vensel with the lineup. Uh, give it one second to go up here. So at practice on Sunday, now it might be different. They do practice at 11 o'clock today as we're recording this on Monday. We'll see if it's different whenever they meet up in Cranberry. But as of the latest that we've seen, Gensel, Crosby, Rust is the first line. Heinen, Malkin, Raquel on the second. McGinn, Carter, Kapanen is the third. Boyle, Bluger, Rodriguez as the fourth. And then the D pairings, Jumo Latang, Matheson, Ruedel, Pedersen, Marino. Basically the same exact lineup from the final game of the season against the Blue Jackets on Friday. And you know what? That's ideally how you want it to be, right? You want – I mean, the, the big standout here is Rust on the first line over Raquel, but we didn't get Raquel to play with Rust, right? No. Or to play with Crosby, right? Well, well, maybe he should. I think should. that's – yeah. And we've all figured out that he should. But, I mean, in hindsight, in the grand scheme of things, this is probably how you want the lineup to look. Dan Heinen has really picked his game up, so I'm going to pick on that one because the second line is probably the most – changed like i said you'd rather have raquel on the first line rather than the second but Mm -hmm. you do what you got to do if rust loves that first line and it for a long time could have been considered one of the best lines in hockey fine fine it has to it has to find that magic again Mm -hmm. or i will not stop shouting from the roof rooftops to put raquel back up on that first line Mm -hmm. heinen's got to go there because we don't have zucker and you know what heinen's played a very good game recently You know, he's picked up his scoring. He's learned a lot from his four-minute, five-minute, six-minute-a-night games. So, you know, he's earned his spot back wherever he gets in the lineup, and he's earned it. The bottom two are going to be as is. Kapanen's just, goodness gracious, what has happened to him. And Rodriguez, at least he brings speed. That's one thing that does put Rodriguez over Boyle in my eyes and being in the lineup um, when slash if Jason Zucker returns. But uh, it's just a difficult thing looking at. The, the one used to be automatic Rodriguez down low mm-hmm. on the fourth line behind Kapanen, who is just invisible. 
Uh, that third line is going to struggle, but you know what? We'll try our best. And when it comes to the defense, you just hope it refines its form because this is the yeah. way I want the defense to look. Maybe not Rui Matheson. I kind of just noticed that, but the yeah. pairings, that's the way I, I want them to look. And here's the thing. We both mentioned that it's going to get chippy early on in this series. If it continues to be like that, you might see Mark Friedman in this lineup by the time game three rolls around at PPG yeah. Paints Arena. But the biggest things that I would change about this lineup, and again, neither of us are head coach Mike Sullivan. So realistically, what we say doesn't matter beyond whoever hears this and might like the information we're giving out. But I would definitely not have taken Raquel off of Crosby's line to begin with. I yeah. saw that as an experiment. Brian Russ has not scored a point in nine straight games. Oh. Now, I will give him partially a little bit of leeway because he played some of those games with Jeff Carter as his center. So I understand that Carter's also playing really poorly right now. I'm not going to hold that too much against Russ. But he also played games with Malkin. He played a couple games with Sidney Crosby. He has still not been able to break through. And that Gensel Crosby-Rappel line, it's not that it worked. It's that it worked extremely, extremely well. They controlled pace of play. They scored goals. They had finished, which is something that this Penguins team as a whole has struggled with the last two months of the season. So I would have switched those two, had Russ with Malkin. There's also a built-in chemistry there. Yeah. And I also, and this, again, is something that has been shouted from the rooftops across. Drew O'Connor was called up from the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. I would have Rodriguez on that third line. I would have Kapanen sitting in game one, and I would have Drew O'Connor out there. For one, because you're going to need a really good forecheck against guys like Adam Fox and Keandre Miller. And Kapanen, although being fast, he's not gritty enough. He does not have the effort level when he doesn't have the puck enough to be able to go in there and challenge those guys. Drew O'Connor, he's young. He's trying to prove himself. And he's also really good on the forecheck. So I would have him in the fourth line, and I would have Rodriguez up on that third with Carter McGinn because I don't see any scoring threat between Carter McGinn and Kapanen as the Penguins' third line right now. Drew O'Connor's a big-bodied guy, too. Yeah. Uh, 6'3", 200. Uh, you want to stick him in front of the net? You can't. He could have been uh, this new-age uh, uh, Patrick Hornquist, if you will, whereas Kasperi Kapanen's only six pounds lighter, but he's two inches shorter. And he just six, doesn't play that way. And he just doesn't play that way. That's the thing. You want that 6'3 body standing in front of Shesterk and getting in the way, being the Sean Avery type, if you will, maybe not to that extent. Yeah. But being the guy that's going to stand in front of the net and just be a nuisance. Um, mm -hmm. Kapanen's not going to do that. He's going to be the one that skates in as fast as humanly possible, pulls up, mm -hmm. and then tries to figure out what to do next. <laughs> um, that's also play not playing with confidence. And yeah. if one thing's for sure – I think anyone who played most of their season in the AHL gets another big crack at the at the show in game one of the playoffs, or even game two for for whatever it's worth. That's going to be a confidence boost. It's like that's that's the team saying to you, we have a ton of confidence in what you can do. Mm -hmm. You wanna know how we how we can prove it? It's the playoffs, it's the postseason. The shit matters now. Mm -hmm. Go and figure it out. So I think. Um, you're right, O'Connor should be in over Kapanen for a sheer confidence boost to this team and the style of play he brings. But at the same time, I'm going to hold off on immediately calling up a, a minor leaguer for the playoffs because one thing Kapanen does have is playoff experience. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you need to start somewhere with playoff experience, but Kapanen already has it. It may not, uh, it's, it may not be the most, but it's something. Uh, and it's something he can work around and work with. But for mm -hmm. what it's worth, I'm fine with our lineup for now. I just want to see how it performs in game one. It just has yeah. to click. The things have to click. Yeah. All the things got to go right. 
So when it comes to Kapanen, I understand we were very, very rough on him for a large portion of the season. There was a little bit of a time where we were starting to walk it back and saying, okay, he's playing better. But I can count on one hand the amount of times there he has positively impacted a game for the Pittsburgh Penguins, where his positive impact has been greater than his negative impact. I can count that on one hand. And one of them was his hat-trick game however many months ago. We thought he was back. But he's not. That's the thing. So, yeah, I get it. He has playoff experience. He played in the playoffs with the Toronto Maple Leafs. He played for the Pittsburgh Penguins last year. He was actually pretty decent last year in the postseason. Give him a shot, and if it goes well, then you look like a genius. But I don't think that his leash should be that long. Like, when Zucker comes back, I would say, honestly, I'd take Kapanen out before Boyle. And then, honestly, I would take, if you're going to take Boyle out, I'd put DOC in. But I guess that in that one, it's six in one hand, half dozen in the other to me. It's also a whole five inches. <laughs> well, that, and I also think just Drew O'Connor's speed is going to help a little bit. But yeah. I don't think that, like, I don't think Boyle is outmatched by any any means. But I would like to see at some point Drew O'Connor in this series. Another thing, too, about Brian Boyle, I forgot to pay attention to this all season. I guess maybe he hasn't been doing it. At st- six foot nine or wherever he is, he should be in that front presence, man. I don't think he has been. He unless does every been, once in a while. Unless I've been missing it. But, yeah, I think uh, now it's the playoffs. I hope to see a little more. Get Stick yeah. a body that that's what Hornquist did great. And Hornquist wasn't a huge guy. No. But that's what he did phenomenally. He just stood there. You couldn't move him. He was strong. That's one yeah. thing that I hope Brian Boyle is. Yeah. So let's talk about this a little bit because whenever they talked about injuries for the Pittsburgh Penguins, currently right now Tristan Jari out has been upgraded from week to week to day-to-day. We'll talk about that. Jason Zucker also day-to-day for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But my question is is this. Obviously, a foot fracture, which is what Jari is dealing with, can be one of very different things. It could be something that's very small and take not very long to heal, or it could be a really big one, and it could be a nagging injury that'll be forever hard to come back from. With him being upgraded to -to day-to-day and Sullivan saying that they will not be available for the first couple of games. so. Obviously, taking that seriously, that means they will not be available for either of the games at Madison Square Garden, games one or two. My question is, Horwat, if Tristan Jari comes back but injured, is that better than a fully healthy Casey DeSmith at this point? It's extremely hard to tell because you ask about if it's, you know, if, if they should play through an injury, you have to look at the injury. You've seen guys play through, you know, broken fingers, maybe maybe a sore arm or something. You can play through stuff like that in the sport of hockey, whereas in the sport of hockey, you cannot as easily play through something that involves your legs or your feet because you're standing, you're used, especially as a goalie, you're using your feet to get off the posts, to make your strides. It's hard to say if you should play through an injury because it is the postseason. And NHL and hockey players do play through some heinous stuff mm-hmm. come this come April, usually May of this time of year. It's They are... Madmen. Um, I'm not, and especially for a goalie, a young goalie who has a bright future ahead of him. I'm going to say he probably shouldn't play through if it's still, I don't even know how to put a percentage on it. Mm-hmm. I would say he shouldn't, though, for the most part. Once okay. he gets to a certain point, maybe 90, 90, 85%, mm-hmm. go for it, see what it feels like. Yeah. Um, but you, because you're a goalie who has a bright future ahead of you, you're playing on your foot. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's just a hard choice. We get it's the playoffs, but you have to have confidence in your guys too. And I think this team has a little bit of confidence in Casey DeSmith. So 
When it comes to Jari playing through his injury, I'm going to say no to an extent. I get it's the postseason. I get you want to play, but mm-hmm. you just got to play safe. In his mind, he should be playing safe for his career's sake. Yeah. Sure, it's great to win now with this team. For, yeah. as, from a fan's perspective, you should be. Mm-hmm. And from maybe other teammates' perspectives, you should try it. But from his, for his sake, for in his eyes, in his mind, he probably shouldn't play through this. When I look at this, it comes down to is 70% of Tristan Jari better than 100% of Casey DeSmith? That's actually a very close thing because of how good Jari yeah. has been this year. But if you look at Casey DeSmith, since December 6th, he is 11-3-4 with a 9-24 save percentage and a 2.23 goals allowed average. That can get you a win yeah. in series number one. At the very least, I'm looking for two wins from Casey DeSmith. I would think that Tristan Jari, based on what people have been saying, will probably be back around game five, game six of this series. If DeSmith can get the Penguins two wins, that could be either one at MSG in the first two or come back home and get two at PPG Paints Arena. And that is is perfectly fine. But if Jari is anything less than, I'll say, 85%, because you know he's still going to be partially injured when he gets back into the game. Yeah. But if he's anything less than 85%, don't play him because – Casey DeSmith has done more than enough to deservedly try to get this team through at least one round. You're not going to get far in the, they're not going to get past the second round without Jari, but at the very least, I think DeSmith will be fine for round one. And I don't think Jari should be playing injured in, in lieu of that decision. No, not at all. The, the horrifying thought is, let's say Jari doesn't come back and we lose this game the, or the series. The horrifying thought then becomes, we have a reason to, to say why we lost. That's not what you want to be. That's not no. how you want to be looking at the series. You have your you have your out immediately. First game hasn't even started. First first game of the entire playoffs hasn't even started, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting here thinking we have our out. That's horrifying. I don't yeah. like that. I'm getting the playoff tingles, but still, I think you want Jari to be healthy for his career's sake, for mm-hmm. the series' sake. You're right, Kate. You brought out the numbers. Thank you. Casey DeSmith has played very well recently. Yeah, the, very well. Not great, not standout-ish, not starter caliber, but hopefully enough to stifle an offense like the Rangers. And like I had mentioned before, sometimes when your backup is in net, your defense tightens up a little. Your offense mm-hmm. tightens up a little and tries to get a few extra goals for you. Like I said, during the regular season, toward the end when they started slacking a lot, um, get a multi-goal lead. Yeah. Get a multi-goal lead and ease a little like let's mm-hmm. let's all breathe we yeah. know the rangers can quickly get it back but mm-hmm. i think um because it will be a backup i hope and pray that the defense is going to do that thing where they tighten up a little yeah here's the thing to me this series will not be on the hands of casey to smith because no. if the penguins play their game casey to smith is more than capable enough of getting them the wins they need to win against the New York Rangers. It is up to the team, meaning the forwards and defensemen, to win this series. From what I've seen from Casey DeSmith, all indications are that he is going to be good enough to give them a chance. And that's all you can ask from a goaltender in the playoffs. You would love to have the guy that'll steal games, and he plays on the other side for this matchup. But the Penguins don't have that. They have a guy, though, that has played well enough to keep them in games, and that's what they need from Casey DeSmith. Before we head to a quick commercial break, we have more and more to get through on this series preview here between the Penguins and the Rangers. Let's talk about X factors. One for both teams. I do have a caveat for a second one for the Rangers, but I'm just going to say that really quickly. It's Artemi Panarin. 
You look at the way that he performed in the postseason for the Columbus Blue Jackets when they surprised the Tampa Bay Lightning. He had five goals, six assists, 11 points in 10 games in that postseason for the Blue Jackets. Remember, they got shelled in the second round series against the Boston Bruins that year. But nonetheless, he is a guy that you have to keep your eye on because he shines when the lights are brightest. And that is going to be on Broadway during the Stanley Cup playoffs. But whoever else I look at for the Rangers, it's obvious. It's got to be Igor Shosturkin. I mean, he stole the regular season series 100%. This is really the first NHL playoff action for the guy. He's far and away the Vesna Trophy winner for this 2021-22 NHL season. And he is the X factor for the New York Rangers. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. You're absolutely right. I mean, just to be different, I'll try and find and throw another name out there. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's going to be what decides the series for the Rangers. And he's been what's decided most of the season for them. Yeah, Sure, he slacked a little bit in the middle of the year. But, I mean, come on. When you play how many games? 53 games. Mm -hmm. oh, that's actually a little less than I thought it was. When you play 53 games, though, uh, as a goalie, you're going to have your downswing eventually at some mm -hmm. point. Uh, but he still finished 36 13 and four with a 9.35 save percentage. I mean, those are just phenomenal numbers. That's Vesna. That's a Vesna winner right there. We're gonna have to play our first round against the Vesna winner without Tristan Jari. Best of luck to us. We, again, I will get the playoff tingles, but you know, uh, yeah. to just pick a different name though and just to be a little different. Um, I'm gonna say Adam Fox again. Now I'm picking the Norris winner. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't get easy, but that's just another name that. Mm -hmm. He's a defenseman, but by God, can he score like a forward? Mm -hmm. So that's going to be hard to shut down, especially for this Penguins team who is shaky at best on defense. So mm -hmm. keeping Adam Fox to the blue line is going to be difficult, mm -hmm. but uh, he's going to be another reason. If it's going to come down to, like you said, Panarin, Shesterkin, and probably Adam Fox in this series. I think it's possible to shut down uh, Kreider. It's possible to get a hand on Zibanejad. They're hard players to play against, but I think it's possible to give them uh, their due. Much like playing Patrick Kane, just stick a guy on him. Stick a guy on him, and he can't do anything. Mm -hmm. Stick a guy on one of those two, and you have something. Adam Fox, you stick a guy on He's He's found a way around it already. Yeah. It's just Dirk and stops pucks, so it's a matter of time. So looking at the Penguins side of things, my X factor for the Pittsburgh Penguins is big number 71 of Genny Malkin. Obviously, we know Crosby's going to do stuff. We know Gensel's going to perform, even though he hasn't in the last three postseasons. Those guys are probably going to be all right. I don't have to worry about their performance dipping too much. But the Penguins need Evgeny Malkin, not only because they need the second line for matchup sake at five on five. He needs to be able to perform with Raquel, with Hein, and with Zucker if he comes back. But the Penguins' power play basically feeds through Evgeny Malkin. If he is on his game, you see those big clap bombs from the top that are nearly impossible for goaltenders to stop. They need him to get going on the power play and to get going at five on five. Evgeny Malkin is my X factor for the Penguins. I, I agree with that one. Nothing about Evgeny Malkin. Not only does he need to do all that, he needs to get the fan base back behind him again. I don't even care about that. For his sake and for the Penguins' sake, he just needs to perform for the Penguins' sake. I don't care about the fan base right now. Obviously, the offseason stuff is the offseason stuff, and I get what's going to happen if he doesn't yep. perform. But for the team's sake, the X factor in this series, Malkin needs to perform. You're right. I just he needs to get the fan base back behind him so they so he can have some confidence. He's one he's one of the few players that has social media and kind of uses it. You think yeah. he doesn't see what goes on? Come on. He can barely read English, but you know he knows and he knows and he, no, I'm he sure he can read Evgeny Malkin sucks. 
I'm sure he can read that. I'm sure it gets under his skin. He's that been in this country for 17 seasons. If we think that he can't spell, speak, or read at this point, then we're the naive ones. He can no, do all of, of it. Of course. But he needs to get the fan base back behind him, especially in a off season where his contract is up. Mm-hmm. Uh, to pick a uh, X factor for me, I got to go with the newbie, Ricard Raquel, Malkin's line mate for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's going to be an X factor because he should be pushed back up to the first line. Yeah, he should be producing with Sidney Crosby. Yeah, um, we've already seen what he can do. I think it's important for him to continue to prove that. Also, in a contract year, mm-hmm. normally you don't. It, when we picked him up, I think a lot of people were looking at him as this is purely a rental. We're not going to keep him around. And then he did what he did. And it was, hey, here's three more years. All of a sudden, sometimes the rental, the rental pieces mean the most to your playoff run. Mm-hmm. Jerome McGinley. We didn't win, but meant a lot to that run. Marion Hosa, those yeah, are his up his whole career. That was his career playoff point peak. Yep. With the Penguins. Nothing came of it, but you know what? He meant so much to that run. So these rental pieces mean a lot. For for right now, Ricardo Kell is still a rental piece. He can mean a lot to this team and to this organization if he mm-hmm. can do some if he can make some noise in this postseason. Yep, hundred percent. I think it's gonna be very important for Ricardo Raquel. To get off to a good start as well, because we've seen him. He has really good handles. He's a physical hockey player. He's in on the forecheck. If he's able to do stuff like that correctly, and he's able to mesh with Malkin, I think both of our X-Factors are going to have a very good series. But we're going to take a quick break. When we return, obviously, we're going to continue to preview this matchup between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Rangers in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll be right back. What's going on, hockey fans? The pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter the outcome. Whether they win or lose, you're a winner. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings' same-game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Make sure to use promo code THPN and bet just $5 on any NHL team to win to get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. to the tip of the iceberg podcast brought to you as always by the hockey podcast network for what playoff season is here which obviously means that we're very very excited lots of different things happening it's an entirely new season which means it's an entirely new stats count and i did see this posted by the national hockey league the question posed by the nhl on twitter was will this be the year that penguins captain Sidney crosby becomes the sixth player in nhl history to collect 200 career playoff points. Crosby currently has 191 career points in 174 career playoff games. That is seventh all time in the National Hockey League. Does he get nine points 
in this postseason to get to number 200. I'll tell you what, it'll take multiple series to do it. Oh, it, it, there, well, the old, he did score, he did score, I believe, 15 points in the first round against the Flyers, but that is, that was just an absolutely, that was a, nutty, like amazing performance. So yeah. it would take more than one series, most likely, for Crosby to hit that mark. Yeah. Especially if you look at the last three seasons. And I think that has been a harsh factor against Crosby recently. These last three years have not been good to him. I mean, the four-game sweep against the Islanders, he had one assist, was a minus four. Yeah. The bubble year, four games, two goals and an assist. You, you know, for four games, I think I take it, but then you look at how bad that ser- that whole thing was, and that's not good enough. Well, the team got shut out in game, what, four? So Exactly, but still, on his birthday. Yeah. Never forget that one. Yeah. And then last year in six games, one goal, one assist, uh, minus two. Those are not ideal numbers, and that's kind of what um, has been the gripe against Crosby in the postseason recently is that he's kind of vanished. Yeah. Not ideal from your Hall of Fame center, first-line mm-hmm. center, your franchise. But I think he's going to be able to pick it up this year. I think he's smart enough to know he has not been good in the last three seasons, last three playoffs. Yeah. We are all well aware of how much Sidney Patrick Crosby wants to win hockey games. Yeah. He will do everything in his power he can to do it. I think he does get it. And I think with that being said, that means we got to go to a second round, bare minimum. Yeah. So I'm going to say I think he does do it this year. And that's me throwing full confidence in this team to beat the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say he does it too. I mean, he needs nine points to get to 200, becoming the sixth player. He needs 10 points to tie Yarmir Yager at 201 total points. And he needs uh, also, by the way, to get into the top six, he needs to pass Paul Coffey, which is five points, 196 total. So, yeah, I, I think that he also does it. I do believe that he gets to 200. I think he's going to have nine points, mainly because if the Penguins are going to do anything this postseason, he's going to be the driving factor. Him and Jake Gensel, it's going to be basically have to be what it was in 2017 and in that first-round series in 2018. Yeah, and I'm trying to find it. I want to know who has, like – I want to know where he stands among uh, – is that already the most in Penguins history in playoffs, by the way? Because Lemieux only had 172. I believe so. Uh, I mean, Yager and Coffee are ahead of him, but Yager and Coffee also played playoff yes. series with many, many other teams. So I would believe that he is probably number one in Penguins postseason points. Um, it sure looks like it because, uh, like I said, Lemieux had 172. Yager only had 147. So he's – Gotta have it unless Gino for some reason has more. No. I highly doubt that. No. Uh, so, I mean, hey, you know what? You gotta set your stone somewhere. And I feel like him already being the he doesn't have like that hurdle to cross. He's already yeah. the postseason leader for the Pens. Yeah. Um, but now just now just crossing off other milestones. It's something Crosby's been doing a lot recently, and I think he can continue that. So for sure. Also, Malkin also one seventy four, tied for tied with. Uh, oh no, that's a how let me. I thought yeah, you said right. you had 174. Tied, size, uh, I don't remember the numbers. Around Mario Lemieux. Totally. Yeah. But uh, let's continue to talk about Penguins Rangers. A uh, nice little tidbit there that we'll have to keep an eye on, obviously. Yeah. It won't happen in games one or games two. If it does, the Penguins will have blown out the New York Rangers. But uh, looking at this matchup specifically, goals four and goals scored for these two teams, very close. The Penguins finished 11th in the National Hockey League in goals scored at 3.28. The Rangers at 16th at 3.05. And then you look at goals allowed. This is what makes people think, despite the Penguins starting 
with a backup goaltender in Casey to Smith, that this series is going to be won in three to two games, two to one games, one to nothing games. Even the Penguins finished fifth in the national hockey league with 2.71 goals allowed. Meanwhile, the New York Rangers with the Vesna trophy winner in Shesterkin again, hasn't been named yet, but probably will be second in the NHL in goals allowed 2.49. So they're very even at five on five. But when I look at these two teams, I think the Penguins on paper are the better team if they can get their finishing together. Yeah, I think for what it's worth, the voting for the Vezina is probably already over. Most likely because the winner has been award. Yeah, the winner has been decided. We just no one knows it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, you can see where that becomes the issue, especially since that great goals against average and that great save percentage has also come at the dismay of Penguin of the Penguins. Yeah. Their one victory came in a one nothing victory. Mm-hmm. Everything else has been not that close. So. I, you definitely see where fans are coming from, where critics are coming from when it's this game could be decided just on the hands of Shesterk and shutting them down. Mm-hmm. And I totally agree. By God. I mean, sure, you can only a goalie can only carry a team so far, but and things change in the playoffs always. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think uh I think it's gonna all depend on Shesterkin as well. Another thing too is I saw a stat that was uh I don't know what the stat was, but somehow the penguins are the favorite here yeah dom decision did his predictions based on stats and numbers and stuff like that and the penguins had a 56 percent chance to win the series versus a 44 percent chance for the new york rangers so they're now the favorite close. statistically on paper it's it's close it's damn close but yeah in the grand scheme of things that's a favorite i mean yep. that's that's the bonus but at the same time it's we, we still feel like the dogs here right they are because i mean look at the way that the two teams play going down the stretch Rankings-wise as well. Yeah, the Penguins are just, they're the underdogs, and they're going to have to take that. And you saw Chris Letang mention it. You saw Sidney Crosby mention it. They're like, that's fine. We've been the underdogs before, and we've won Stanley Cups as the underdogs. It's perfectly okay. Now, when it comes to the Penguins at 5-on-5, what I think they need to do the best of is forechecking. They've shown the ability to be a pain in the ass on the forecheck. We saw it in game number one against the Tampa Bay Lightning. It is a tough way to play a hockey game. But if they play that, the Rangers are 100% at 5-on-5 susceptible to being hemmed into their own zone. If the Penguins can do that, it'll slow down Fox. It'll slow down Keandre Miller. It'll slow down Jacob Truba. And it'll put the pressure on Igor Shosturkin that they need to get second chances, third chances, fourth chances. And that's how the Penguins will be able to get two or three more goals than they did in the regular season past Igor Shosturkin specifically at five on five, which as we mentioned earlier in the show, they were only able to do it once. Yeah. For Brian Boyle. And he's going to probably play and play, play in game one, mm-hmm. but that's also not the ideal guy of doing it. Now I know I've stood on the point of, Hey, a, a short or a, <clears throat> a power play goal is still a goal. They don't ask yeah. how they ask how many. I agree with that. Thing is in the postseason, the whistles get put away famously get put away. Mm-hmm. So Again, yeah, you're not going to be playing a man up or a man down as often, at least you think. Mm-hmm. But uh, you got to somehow get some five on five points, and it's yeah. not, and I'm not, it's not saying that these guys just can't do it. By the way, it's not saying that. It's just saying that they have to find a way to get get their pace up on it, mm-hmm. uh, which is still very possible. We know yeah. who these guys are. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned power plays and that they do usually go down. It's harder to get a power play in the postseason. But for the Pittsburgh Penguins, they're going to have to win 
the special teams battle. That's yes. always something you say in every NHL series. We're going to preview, not preview, but predict our entire first round. And special teams is important. And guess what? All eight of those first round matchups, if you lose the special teams battle, it's going to be very difficult for you to win the series. Looking at the Rangers special teams, it's very good. It is very good. The big thing for them is that they have the fourth best power play in the National Hockey League at 25.2%. That's going to go head-to-head with the Penguins' third best penalty kill at 84.4%. That matchup plus the Penguins at 5-on-5 against – or they're finishing at 5-on-5 against Shesterkin are my two biggest matchups for the Penguins. If they can win those two things, if they can shut down the Rangers' power play, and if they can beat Shesterkin at 5-on-5, if they can start – finishing which is something they struggled with from february on that's how the penguins win this series that's the most important thing to me i agree with you I, you're totally right we just got to find the way to finish find the back of the net and mm-hmm. the power the power plays will be harder to come by we can we can fall back on the fact that uh, power plays will be harder to come by for the rangers as well uh, yes. because of the same the whistles get put away and let's let's just tell it like it is despite what the critics say the penguins don't get all the calls they don't no um, but one thing we can't fall back on, we have the advantage when it comes to the power play, or to the penalty kill. Barely. Well, I'm saying in terms of, uh, we have the second best penalty kill in the league. Third, but yes. Oh, that dropped a third in the last few games. Dang. Yes. Oh, well, regardless, we can shut him down. I have full confidence in Teddy Blue here alone, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but no, our penalty kill is phenomenal. So I think. I have confidence in, I mean, I don't want us taking penalties because that's still an advantage to the Rangers. Correct. By God. But um, I think we have the ability to shut them down. I don't, I could probably find it in like five seconds again, but where did the Rangers power play finish in the league uh, summary? Fourth. I just said that. Fourth? Cool. I missed that. Wasn't listening. Fourth best power play. And also um, on the other side of things, before we continue with this discussion, a much smaller matchup is the Penguins 19th ranked power play versus the Rangers' seventh-ranked penalty kill. So the Rangers are top 10 in both. They're Love very it. good on both ends of that. But realistically, if you're going to win the series, that means you need to keep it at five-on-five, five, and you need to outplay them at five-on-five five because they're going to be really good killing penalties, and they're going to re- be really good on the power play. I want to look up how many of Chris Kreider's goals, because you mentioned shutting him down, how many of Chris Kreider's goals came on the power play because it was at least 60 to 65%. How many of his 50 goals he scored this year? Yes. Um had to be a good amount i mean yeah i'm pulling it up now it'll it'll take two seconds but i mean realistically when i looked at it last it was a lot he scored 52 goals this season of that 26 of them so exactly half of them came with the man advantage team leader in that stat too well i would hope so he was almost a 30 goal scorer on the power play alone because of benajan at 15 yeah um so yeah it, it, it that's a threat for sure wow he how, they didn't score that many power play goals in total, though. I mean, you got Kreider 16, Zabinijad's 15, and then drops to Stroman Panarin, who both had five, and then once. Well, I mean, when you scored 26 as your leader. It, yeah, it, I know. It, it goes like, through him. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, and only him. So, But they were still the fourth best power play, so it's not like I'm, ta- I'm not trying to take anything away from that no. because that is probably going to be the most dangerous unit in this entire series. For sure. I'm just trying to, like, look for positives here. <laughs> <laughs> The positives are the Penguins have the third best penalty kill. So that, that, exactly. that's the positive. It's, it's going to be a great matchup. And now, before we get to our series prediction, because we will give our series prediction here coming up in about five minutes, I want to ask you, Horwath, I'm going to bring this up. Which 
line or which part of this lineup scares you the most. I'm going to pull up the Rangers lineup from Daily Faceoff as it is right now. Which part of this lineup gives you the most hesitation heading into this matchup? Somehow it's Artemi Panarin on the second line. <laughs> yeah. Somehow. Because I look at Zabinajad, and yes, he's a great goal scorer, and is one of those guys that I always talk about the Rangers being the team that can pop off for a nine-goal night, and he's five of them. Zabinajad can be shut down. Chris Kreider's just going to be tethered to the front of the net. The power play is going to go through him. But then who's Frank? I mean, not who's Frank Petrano, but I mean. A guy Frank that's killed Chano? us since he came over. <laughs> yeah. But I just look at, I always think of star power behind the names. Usually. Yeah. Um, like Ryan Strom is your second line center. Doesn't exactly instill fear. But at the same time, look who is playing with Andrew Cobb, who by God, what a pickup. And mm-hmm. Artemi Panarin, who by God, what a pickup. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that being the second line is horrifying. The second line. That's the line that's going to be going against Malkin. Hopefully they don't see Carter. By God, if that line sees the Carter line, forget it. And that's where I have a little bit of hesitation because, again, when you match up, you don't know how coaches are going to match it up, specifically when each team has home ice advantage. But if it's straight up third line versus third line, the potential of Lafreniere, Heedle, and Capo Caco against that Carter Kapanen McGinn line is a little bit petrifying to be. I'm not going to lie. The fact that a first overall selection a couple years ago and a second overall selection the year prior and Heedle, who's very good in his own right. Who might be the best of those three. Yeah. (laughs) The fact that that line is going up against the line for the Penguins that I don't have the most confidence in, that is to me the biggest discrepancy when it comes to -to head-to-head line versus line. Because I think the Crosby line goes head-to-head well, probably favored yeah. on paper than the Zibanejad line. I would yeah. take Malkin's line over the Panarin line. I would also take the Penguins' fourth line right now of Boyle, of Bluger, and of a Rodriguez over Rooney, Goudreau, and Dryden Hunt. But it's that third yeah. line, if I'm looking for something that gives me hesitation, Lafreniere, Hedl, and Kako against the Penn's third line is a mismatch, in my opinion, that goes in favor of the Rangers. For sure, and that's just because our third line, the Penguins' third line, can't do anything. Jeff Carter, am I the only one in this city that's kind of upset we re-signed Jeff Carter in two years? No, there's a lot of people that are actually upset about that. I am leading that charge then, because what the hell was that? We can That's something we can talk about in the offseason. Yeah. But then, again, we didn't get him to be the third-line player, and we paying him like one, but we got him to be the fourth-line wingman with Teddy Bluger to kind of step in for the Brandon Tanev type. Now mm-hmm. – he had while well, he has played the Brandon Tanev role to an extent in terms of ice time and style of play. Uh, he doesn't match the energy. That's for damn sure. And you know what? I forgot Brandon Tanev. Uh, I forgot about him entirely in these past few months. Yeah. I mean, not playing kind of does that to you, and also not being on the Penguins will do that as well. Boy, oh boy, we're gonna miss him this playoffs, aren't we? Oh. He would have had a field day in this series. He would have had a field day in this, and that's why I want Frank. Uh, Frank. That's why I want Mark Friedman playing in this series. That's just me, though. Um, But I want Brock McGinn to be put back on that fourth line somehow. I don't know how, but it just needs to happen just for the sake of shutting down that fourth line. And then the third line, I mean, we need healthy players. Yeah. Jason Zucker, I mean, Bo Bennett 2.0 in here. uh, But much better. Much much better when he's healthy, yes. A much more skilled Bo Bennett here. Uh. I've been dying to see Jason Zucker get back in the line, get healthy, and just explode. 
if it could happen in the postseason, more power to him. I it's just it's not coming to me anymore. Like mm-hmm. the first time he came back from an injury, I'm like, okay, let's, let's see it happen. Then he got hurt again. I'm like, all right. That's it happens. Unlucky. And then he got hurt a third time and I went, all right, yeah. it's just not happening, is it? So I don't know what to make of that. Uh, the lineup does give me pause too, though. So mm-hmm. I'm confident. I'm, and then I'm swinging in and out of confidence right in front of your very eyes. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's why to... the, I'm very intrigued because you're going from, yeah, I'm confident in this team, to like, <sighs> oh, man. And that's what it is for the Pittsburgh Penguins because they've been basically two entirely different teams this entire season. They were the team that won 10 straight and then, what is it, 18 of 22. And then they were the team that was really bad in this last month and a half of the season. So who shows up? I don't know. They were they were both of those teams, Jekyll and Hyde, on Friday against Columbus. Yes. They in one game, they showed both sides of that. So I understand why you're like that, but I also before we get to predictions, I want to lay out the blueprint for you about how we get Zucker and Drew O'Connor into this lineup with Brock McGinn back on the fourth line. Ah, that's what I want to hear. If Brian Boyle, we'll see what happens in the first game, first two games of the yeah. series. If Brian Boyle seems to be a step behind, and Jason Zucker comes back at the same time. If that matches up, Zucker to the second line, Heinen to the third line, McGinn to the fourth line. And yep. guess what? You also take Rodriguez, put him on the third line, and you take Kapanen out, and there goes Drew O'Connor. The fourth line is now McGinn, Bluger, O'Connor. I'm very happy. The third line is Heinen, Carter, Rodriguez, much better. And the second line is Zucker, Malkin, and let's let's not make this mistake again, Rust with the first line of Gensel, Crosby, and Raquel. To me, that is profitable. To me, that is potential Stanley Cup winning team if they play to their potential. It's all about playing to the potential, and that's just the forward core. Again, the defense yes. has to step up themselves too. I love yes. that lineup, by the way. I do. That's that's the one. That's mm-hmm. the one. Now it's a matter of, again, the defense playing to their game. I like mm-hmm. the pairings. I like the pairings of Dumoulin Latang. That's been the bread and butter of this Penguins defense for years now. If Dumoulin can play the way he can. Exactly. But mm-hmm. then there's... Marino and Pedersen, if they could play to their potential, we're golden there. If, if Pedersen plays like he did on Friday, damn, we're more than golden. Marcus Coffee, like what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. I gotta start talking crap on more penguins, apparently. But yeah, that, I guess look, those two, if they start playing to their potential, or Pedersen plays like he did in the last game of the season, in game eighty-two, we're golden, golden, because those are the mm-hmm. two that we're thinking can drive this future of the defense. Yeah, well, it has not been there, mm-hmm. and then. uh Matheson, who's just been uh, I mean, amazing. Yes, I mean, yes, just an absolute roller coaster of emotion all the time, but he's really straightened out that roller coaster. He's been great. The roller coaster is yeah. a lot of up and just a little bit of down, which makes for a very boring roller coaster. But nonetheless, unless you that's like fine. heights, unless you like heights, because yeah. damn, you're playing great. And then Chad Ruidel, just steady, st- just the steadiest of steady in in defensive defensemen mm-hmm. that you could ask for. So if that defense can get it under control and like I said, tighten up in front of a backup goalie and that forward core that you mentioned, oh man, my confidence is back. And at the end of the day, even if Mark Friedman isn't in the lineup, can we get him to be like assistant coach part two and just have him on the bench in a suit? Uh, can he be the, the Rangers? backup? Can he be the backup, the backup goalie? goalie? Because because no, we, saw, cause we saw it last year. The Penguins are not going to put a backup goalie in. They're not going to put their third string goalie into the postseason. We saw well, it last year. The, the problem was it was – going from their first string goalie to their third string goalie and also that third string goalie being somebody that is Maxime Lagasse and has sure. played Louis Domingue is at least played in this league 
for a lot longer of time. Never forget that season with Tampa Bay. But you get what I'm saying, though. We yes. know the Penguins are going to be hesitant to put their third string in. Why not Correct. stick? Why not make Friedman the backup? Obviously, because he can't. But you know, but still, yeah. just a man can dream. And also, it's going to just be fun. Like, confidence is all of a sudden back. Yes. Uh, It'll be gone by the end of this segment. Yeah, get ready for it to <laughs> swing again in the next in bare minimum two episodes. So we've talked about a lot of things in the last 50 minutes. This is a very comprehensive preview. We hope you've enjoyed it. But let's finish this off. We're each going to give basically 60 seconds of why we believe our series prediction is correct. Let's give our series predictions, Horwat. I'll let you lead. What do you think is going to happen? Penguins versus Rangers. Uh, in my official prediction, I am taking Pens and Seven because, A, I'm a homer. B, <laughs> I think – mostly A, though. Let's just be honest. Yeah. But, B, there are things that can slow this Rangers team down. It is Shesterkin falling apart at the wrong time. He's he didn't play, he hasn't played as many games as I thought he did this season, so he's got the stamina still with him. Mm-hmm. But if you're able to stifle that offense somehow, I mean, again, like I said, Adam Fox is going to be the hard one to stifle because he's the blue liner. You have it figured out already because that's step one, shutting down the offense. Because mm-hmm. let's be real here, Rangers fans and Penguins fans, it's been this Shesterkin show. Yeah, for most of the season, he's been the reason for the wins. That's mm-hmm. why he's good. That's why he's going to be voted the Vezina. Like I said, that voting's over. I'm assuming he's already won it, basically. And maybe Adam Fox has also already won the Norris. Eh, a lot of things can go wrong, though. But it's his series. It's just Durkin's series to win or lose. Mm-hmm. We're able to figure him out. He is human, after all. He's not the Vasilevsky robot. He is human. We are able to figure him out. Get under his skin. Get Mark Freeman in a game. Get him. Get under his skin. You got stuff figured out, mm-hmm. and it's about stifling that offense. So, okay. if the def- the Penguins' defense can button up, I think the Penguins can take it in seven. I do not see this going uh, short unless things just fall apart for the Penguins. Mm-hmm. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Penguins in seven games. I understand that you have a little homers in there. I truly <laughs> believe that this team is the better team if they play to their potential. Anything less than that from the Pittsburgh Penguins, and it's a loss. Because that's how close I think this matchup really is, realistically is. But I will take the Penguins at seven. For them to win, though, I already mentioned it. They're going to need to fi- be able to finish better at five-on-five five versus Shesterkin. And they're going to have to shut down the New York Rangers' power play. Those are the two matchups that I'm looking at. If the Penguins can win that, they'll take this series. I believe it will be seven games, though. It's going to go long. and mm-hmm. It's either going to go long into the Penguins' favor or early exit again, guys. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be an in-between. So that's our full comprehensive recap and preview of the Pittsburgh Penguins taking on the New York Rangers. Obviously, we'll still have episodes every Monday and Thursday to talk about it, but we're going to take one last quick break here. And when we return, if you're interested in it, which you should be because the Stanley Cup playoffs are so much fun, not just the Pittsburgh Penguins, we're going to give our predictions for the other seven first-round series in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast brought to you as always 
by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and even better opportunities. For what? There are seven series. We're not going to get too deep into it. We're certainly not going to go 50 minutes long in each series like we did Pens versus Rangers. But we're going to give our predictions for the first round. And honestly, at the end of it, let's just give out our Stanley Cup predictions at the beginning of the playoffs. Might as well. I mean, I know you have it. You posted it on Twitter. Oh, yeah. So we'll do that at the end of this. But let's start in the Western Conference. The Central Division winning Colorado Avalanche versus the second wildcard team, the Nashville Predators. Horwat, who you got? The Avalanche won the President's Trophy, right? They did not. The Panthers came out and won it. Panthers did, right. Uh, I'm still taking the Avalanche in, what did I have, five? Because, I mean, Nashville, man, you lost your goalie. Not yeah. lost him, but he is hurt, and that's not ideal. And, and they don't know when he's coming back. Exactly. So, and Roman Yossi can only do so much. Yeah. Matthew Shane's been a bright uh, ray of sunshine, but, ah, man, Nashville, sorry. Just Colorado's a buzzer right now. Um, Yeah, I've Colorado in five just because they have to win a series at some point. Well, they're great in the first round the last three years. Yeah, you're the Colorado Avalanche. They've lost in the second round for three consecutive years. Also, the fact that, I mean, if UC Soros was in this series, I'd give the Predators two games, but I still wouldn't give them the series win. I find it very difficult for any team to pull off a sweep in any sport in a best of seven. So I'm going to give the Avs in five similar to you as well. Uh, I don't have any sweeps, by the way. I have one. So uh, we'll get to that a little bit later but it's not in this series central division second seeded minnesota wild taking on the third seed in the central st louis blues i'll go first on this one i really like the wild they're my dark horse to go to the stanley cup final i think whether it's mark andre fleury or cam talbot they have the advantage in the goaltending because the blues don't know who's going to start either is it bennington who's been great in oh, the yeah. second half of the season or is it billy Huso, who's been great the entire time he's been up both teams have a goaltending questions, but I think with home ice advantage and with the, the team itself, I'm taking the wild in six games. Uh, that's exactly what I have too. Big shouts wild in six. <laughs> I just, I just don't want to bet against Kirill Kaprizov right now. I, yeah. It's, it's postseason Mark Andre Fleury. So things are already starting to change. If he even plays. Exactly. But then there's Cam Talbot who was kind of proven. He's no longer a backup goalie to me. Yep. Way to go, bud. It took long enough, but um i just don't you're i just don't want to vote, take votes against the minnesota wild i like them to go pretty far not to the finals but i like them to actually win a series or two here yeah um it'll be interesting to see what the wild do i just also haven't paid enough attention to the blues uh, the most i know about them is that Vladimir tarasenko stuck around the whole season yeah and has done very well way to go bud um but i just don't see it for them in the cards for them because like i said if i haven't heard their name a bunch this season they're a very under-the-radar team. Yeah, and that could just not be enough for the postseason, especially whenever we've heard a ton about Minnesota. I mean, they picked up the Vesna winner, mm-hmm. um, and Kirill Kaprizov is Kirill Kaprizov with a contract. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yes. So I got Minnesota in that one. So I also want to check this out. I-, I have to look at it after we finish recording. When is the last time that the two teams that faced off in the Winter Classic played in the Stanley Cup playoffs? I'll have, to, I'll have to look that up, but it's an interesting little storyline that you could run with if you would need interest in the Wild versus Blues series. But specifically the classic, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Because sometimes, like, I mean, Penguin Sabres, Sabres were, were not good. That And then. I'm and, sure and, and it's can a, go through the years. I'm sure a stadium series happened at some point. Maybe. Because there's so many of those. I just can't remember. I know the Penguins haven't done it. If I have time, I'll do the research. 
But uh, let's continue here in the Western Conference. Pacific Division leading and winning. Calgary Flames taking on the first wild card in the Dallas Stars, the team to knock out the Vegas Golden Knights. What do you have in this one, Horwath? <laughs> Calgary in five and just zero questions about it. Calgary is such a powerhouse right now. They are. They're a team that it's hard to trust in the postseason. You mentioned Colorado struggles sometimes in the second round. Calgary totally right. struggles just in general in the postseason. But Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk have been so good this year. They have the goaltending in Jacob Markstrom. And honestly, I don't think the Stars are that good. I really don't. Like, they beat out the Vegas Golden Knights, but the Golden Knights were Bad. pathetic yeah. at the end of the season. I mean, Logan Thompson was their goaltender, nothing against him, but like their stars weren't performing. So the stars, these stars were a little bit better. I wanted to give them a sweep, but I figured, you know what? I'll give the stars a game. I also have flames in five. Yeah. So one thing you mentioned about um, the flames being just non-contenders in the playoffs, that's most of the West though, right now. I mean, looking down that's the true. West, it's the avalanche. We we just said how they don't perform in the second round. Uh, the Predators, who just aren't that great of a team right now and are probably going to get killed. I mean, there's Minnesota, who historically is bad in the postseason. Yeah. Um, St. Louis, who they just have question marks this year, I think. I mean, like yeah. I said, I haven't heard much about them, so I just don't know. Uh, Calgary, historically bad in the playoffs. Dallas, I mean, they made it to the Cup, but this, this season's not their year. Mm-hmm. The Oilers, again, historically bad in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Historically screwed over in the postseason as well. Uh, historically bad in the McDavid era. I was about to say, they, yes. they have a lot of Stanley Cups. I wanna, uh, <laughs> it, in every term of historically bad, I do mean like in the past. Salary cap era. Even shorter than that, even like the past just five to seven to eight years. Okay. Um, and then the Kings who, well, look at look at who snuck in this year. Yeah, I'm impressed with the Kings. And well, let's get to that. Yeah. Let's talk about that series right now. I have the Oilers winning this in six because if not now, then when? And also, I think the Kings are a team, and I say this on the hockey hotbed a lot, I, I compare it to a fighter. A fighter gets in the ring first time just for the experience of being in the ring. Second time, let's make a little bit of noise. And the third time, you go out there to win it all. This is the Kings' first time in the ring with this iteration. I know they have Kopitar. I know this is Dustin Brown's last ride. But it does also help that Drew Doughty is going to be out. Yeah. I don't know the situation with Victor Arvidsson. I don't know the situation with Philip Deneau. They were both dealing with injuries. And the Oilers, if not now, then when? I know they don't have a defense, but that high-flying offense of Connor McDavid, you have to imagine that he's going to win a series for the first time since the 2016-17 series. So I have the Oilers in six. I got the Kings in seven just because, oh. just because first of all, I love the Kings. Second, they're yeah. playing with house money. They should not be here. Yeah, teams that play with house money, you're usually hey, all of a sudden, we're. I think the series goes seven, regardless of who's who wins. I'll start okay. with I'll start with that because of the house money factor. Because the Kings have nothing to lose; they lose like hey, we weren't supposed to be here in the first place. We got a bunch of prospects that are really tailing in. Dustin Brown, thank you for a hell of a career. Yeah, and a couple of cups as a captain, way to go. Yeah, um, and just Jonathan Quick has kind of resurged. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Pat Patterson, Peterson. Peterson's back. Peterson's the backup. I think I don't know what their goalie situation looks like anymore. It's a, it's a weird situation because Peterson yeah. was supposed to be the starter this year, but Quick's been really good, so they've kind of like split it. So there could be some real fun stuff going on there, and yeah. just the way the officiating never falls in the favor of the Oilers could, honest to God, play a hand again. So it could uh, I think regardless, the series does go seven, uh, but I'm gonna give the edge to the Kings just because house money and fun chaos in the off season. You're also a Kings fan, aren't you? 
Very much. Yeah. Not very much. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I know you have a Kings hat. I know you say you like the Kings as one of your favorite Western Conference teams. So I was like, that might play a little bit of a role in it. Love the Kings. Every time we make a move with the Kings. Also, big shout out to Ron Hextall's old team. Every time we make a move with the Kings, I'm like, this is a great, great ad. Look at Jeff Carter. Well, yes. Jeff Look Carter. at Pearson okay. and we had him for five days. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Uh, let's move over to the Eastern Conference. Three more series to preview, and then we'll just – we're not even going to say anything about it. We're just going to give our Stanley Cup predictions, uh, like just who's going to be in it, not who's going to win it. But uh, Eastern Conference, let's start here. President's Trophy winning – Florida Panthers taking on the Washington Capitals. I have the, this is my only sweep. I ah. have the Panthers in four. I don't want to disrespect the Washington Capitals too much because they have been much better than expected this year. Yeah. They've been playing fairly well. But when I look at the Panthers, who are clearly the best scoring offense in the National Hockey League at over four goals a game against Ilya Samsonov, Ooh. Vitek Vanacek, Ooh. and an injured Alex Ovechkin. He missed the last three games of the season. He said, yeah, I could have played in that last game, but it's a shoulder injury. We don't know how much is actually bothering him. So I don't know how well he's going to play. I think they're overmatched to begin with. The Panthers have basically not lost a game since the calendar month of February. So I take the Panthers in four, although I do think that it's it's going to be a tough four for them to get through. Yeah, I mean, I got the Panthers in five, so there's there that toughness. Uh, there's something about Florida that is scary. Um, they yeah. do have humps to get over, and I think they get over a first easy one, no offense to Washington fans, yeah. but just a first easy one in, against Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, go- I'm giving Washington a game just because we've played them enough. They just have that dog in them. They do. Right? Like, they do. <laughs> they're they're going to get a game just because – TJ Oshie is going to pop off for no reason yeah. in a game. Maybe Mark, maybe Backstrom gets a goal or two somewhere. Yeah, They just have the dog in them. There's no, no other way to put the Capitals right now. Uh, they're not a great team, but you know what? Somehow they'll pull a game, maybe two, off mm-hmm. because it is also Bobrovsky in the net. That's true. Now, let me give you – let me ask you this and just give me a, a straightforward answer. Percent chance the Caps actually pull this upset off and beat the Panthers. It's very low. I'll give them 15. Just I'll give them eight. Ah, for Alex Ovechkin. 8% chance that they actually beat the Florida Panthers. This could be old takes exposed. I just don't see it happening. I really don't. Hell no. No one does. No one does, by the way. Speaking of no one does, let's talk about the back-to-back Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning as the three seed in the Atlantic. Going up to the sixth, taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs who finished in second place. In the Atlantic Division, Horwat, are you riding with your girlfriend, Megan? Congratulations to her on her graduation this weekend. Yes. Are you riding with her Maple Leafs in round number one? <laughs> no, I'm sleeping on the couch. I got the lightning in six. <laughs> you have them in six? Yeah, it, it, ironically in six. You said in the six, and I was like, oh, that's a good segue. Yeah, I have the uh, lightning in six just because, uh, man, are these Leafs futile in the postseason all the time. And you can't vote. You can't pick against the back-to-back cup winners. I Especially can't. in round one. I don't know what it is. I just, um, <laughs> maybe they make it seven. I don't know. I just, I'm just riding the lightning, if you will, for right now. I understand that it's technically because of the standings, not an underdog pick, but I'm going with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Similar thought process to the Edmonton Oilers. Listen, Austin, if it's not now, then when the hell are you going to win a playoff series? I understand this is a very, very tough matchup and i see this going if the leafs win this it's going no less than seven games 
which is again a, a very very scary thing for Maple Leafs fans because they've had their heartbrokens mm-hmm. before in game sevens with the Austin Matthews era but Matthews scored 60 goals this year yeah. I understand he's disappeared in playoffs past that can't happen this year right like you've scored 60 goals you cannot disappear right I understand you're playing Vasilevsky in the back-to-back champs but I also think that plays in a factor we saw the Penguins in 2018 oh, yeah. just run out of gas Now, do I think the Lightning have a little bit more gas left in them because they didn't play two 82-game seasons and then two full playoffs? Yes, I get that. I also understand that they are an incredibly talented, playoff-driven, weathered, and and seasoned team. But I do think the Maple Leafs finally get through. It's going to take Jack Campbell being really really good. It's going to take Giordano. It's going to take Muzzin. It's going to take Riley playing at the top of their game. But I think they do it, man. I take... The, the Toronto Maple Leafs in seven games. My probably, even though it's not technically an upset, my biggest upset of round one. Yeah, it's an it's the Leafs are dogs just because it's the Lightning because it is Cup champions. Yes, and because they're the Leafs. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So we have one series left. Metropolitan Division winning Carolina Hurricanes take it on the number one seeded wild card in the Boston Bruins. Or what? Bruins, you always say, listen, Bruins in the playoffs are tough. Do you take the Bruins in the playoffs or do you take the Canes? No, I'm still taking the Hurricanes. Oh, <laughs> Hurricanes okay. in six. I mean, in yeah, six. the Bruins The Bruins don't have a seed. They are the toughest team to ever play in the postseason, but there's just something futile about that team. Mm-hmm. Something there that's just not there anymore. Whether it is the goaltending that is no longer Tuka Rask. Even whenever he was there, was there's something weird about the goaltending. Mm-hmm. Um, ever since their defeat to st louis they have not been the same postseason team they've been yeah they've been similar they've shown signs that they can still do what they do but they just haven't been the same sort of winning series uh yeah winning the team that wins series team yeah. they've just been different and i just don't see it also like is pasternak healthy yet what's going on there that's what i'm trying to find right now i mean that's the biggest thing for me if pasternak isn't healthy the bruins don't have a shot no but then you also got to fig like factor in we all know now we are all well aware now that people are going to try and make the hardest attempt to get under Brad Marchand's skin. Yeah. And because we know it's possible, I don't know who's on the Hurricanes team that can do it, but someone's going to try and do it. Uh, Max Domi, I would think would be the number oh, one. Oh, Max Domi's there. there. All game over. Or Brad Tony Marchand. D'Angelo. Although Tony D'Angelo has put his head down and played hockey this year. Uh, that's and true. you know what? It's been to the benefit of the Hurricanes. Yeah. So, that being said, though, I do give the edge to the Hurricanes just because, damn, mm-hmm. they got that dog in them, too. Although the goal, the goaltending. I totally forgot about the goaltending. Freddie Anderson will miss game one. They're not sure past that. Uh, uh, but also Linus Olmark in the postseason? I don't think he's ever been there. I'm not sure if he has either, but whether it's Olmark or Swayman, I like the Bruins goaltending duo. I really I do, and I like the Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I just do. Oh, you, now, yeah, no, yeah, you have to. Again, if Pasternak doesn't play, this is entirely out the window, but I'm taking the Bs in seven, man. There's something Ooh. in the water up there in Boston. You look at the C- the Celtics. I know they lost game one to the, the Bucks yesterday, but there's something in the water in Boston this year. Their teams are playing great. The Bruins, one of the best teams in the National Hockey League in the second half of the season. If they can get their guys back, that's Hampus Lindholm, that's all Mark and that's Pasternak most importantly, then I think they can take this in seven specifically because the Hurricanes are struggling without Freddie Anderson. 
I mean, it, it's going to be a struggle without Freddie Anderson, nothing against Antti Ranta. But uh, even if Anderson's in, he has not been historically great in the NHL postseason. He's just got that. They got that dog in him. They do. And, you know, we mentioned Max Domi, but you know who else is going to be a pain in, in Marshawn's ass? That's Vinny Trocek. Oh, I forgot about that. Vinny Trocek, Pittsburgh kid. He plays that way. Yes, he does. He's going to be him. And I mean, Jordan Stahl, not like that, but he's a frustrating guy to play against because of that reach. This team is going to be really good. Honestly, I think the winner of that Hurricanes Bruins series, if I had to pick, would probably beat whoever comes out of Penguins Rangers because that's who would be the second round. But it's going to be, I think Hurricanes Bruins could be the best first round series if all parties involved are healthy. Yeah. A lot, there's a lot that has to happen all around both teams. A lot of ifs. Yeah, but. <sighs> I like hey, man. it. Bruins and seven, baby. Now let's, before we head off, because we've been on here for over 70 minutes at this point, uh, it's going to take forever for me to upload these on YouTube, which by the way, if you've made it to this point in the podcast, that means you actually really enjoy listening to us. But if you want to see us, we are now officially posting to our YouTube every single full episode of the tip of the iceberg plus three to four minute social clips as well if you just want the little the little best of moments of each of our episodes so check that out at tip of the iceberg on youtube but Horwat, let's finish this off the only way we know how stanley cup finals who is going to be there in the east and west who you got uh ready for that homerism to peek through again i got the penguins against the calgary flames because like, like i said in the west Every team's got their flaws. The Flames this year just might have the fewest. And as for the East, oh, the good old homerism sticks out all the time for me. Listen, I want this team, <clears throat> I want the Penguins to succeed more than anything. Uh, and I'm, I, I, I've been swinging back and forth on confidence this whole episode. I'm swinging in the positives right now. So, mm-hmm. pens to the finals, and maybe they make it a really good, fun series against the Flames because we don't see the Flames that often. We don't talk about the Flames that often. This could be a ton of fun. It, that would be a very fun series, especially like I mean, Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk versus Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel. That's a great series. Yeah. Especially the goaltending, if Jari is back and healthy at that point, yes. versus Jacob Markstrom. It's a very a very good matchup. Now, the Flames have embarrassed the Penguins in both matchups this past season, so it probably would not favor the team in black and gold. But nonetheless, I like where your head's at. The Flames, right now, they're my favorite to come out of the West. But you know, if I'm going to go with a series for the Stanley Cup. I'm going the Minnesota Wild taking on the Florida Panthers. The Panthers are such a good team this year. I understand the hottest team getting into the postseason is not always the best team in the postseason, but the Florida Panthers are just built different. If they can get Aaron Ekblad back, then they're going to be a house of fire. Claude Giroux, Sasha Barkov, Jonathan Huberdeau, they've been so good all year long. And then on the other side of things, Man, Billy Garen has put together a really good team that is built different in the Western Conference. You talk about teams that just have that it factor, teams that are just built with a bunch of dogs. That mm-hmm. is the Minnesota Wild to a T. Kirill Kaprizov, first ever career season at 100 points. First season for any Wild player at 100 points. Flurry, I think he takes off this year. I think that he knows that this is one of his last chances to be the guy in the postseason, even though he's splitting the net with Cam Talbot. But I think that's it. Minnesota Wild, Florida Panthers. That is my pick for the 2022 Stanley Cup Finals. You know what? It's the West is full of teams that need to get over the humps. Minnesota's one of them, too. I like that choice as well. I think 
for what it's worth, I think I had the Minnesota Wild and the Calgary Flames in the Western Conference Finals. So, fairly similar there. A lot of disrespect on this podcast for the Colorado Avalanche. Hey, you know what? (laughs) They have a hump to get over, and some teams just won't be able to do it. Some teams just won't. It's not their year. And I love the Avalanche, too. but, I would not know. be surprised in the least if the Avs were able to do it. I would not be surprised in the least if the, if the Flames were able to do it. But if it was not one of the Avs, Flames, or Wild, I will say that I will be completely baffled. Uh, yeah, I think any team, in the West, like we said, it's wide open. Any Every team's got stuff to prove. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked by most of the teams that, may, that would make it out. I yeah. mean, the only teams that I think I would be genuinely surprised by, obviously the Dallas Stars, obviously the Nashville Predators. I'd probably be surprised by the Blues. That's about it. Everyone else, I'd be maybe the Kings. Kings. Everyone else, I'd kind of be like, yeah, no, you're, you're this good this year because the West is not great. Oilers, I'd be very surprised. Yeah, just because with that goaltending and that defense, I'd be very surprised if they made it through three rounds. Until you look at the McDavid and Drysaddle numbers and go, "Oh, we figured out how." Yeah, McDavid scores four points a game, and Drysaddle scores five. Like that—that's—that's the blueprint for them to get to the finals, and I don't see that happening. Right, but I don't think I'd be that shocked. Anyway, anyway, that's going to do it for this episode. (laughs) That's going to do it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. We'll be back on Thursday. Check out Inside the Penguins dropping on Wednesday. All of our best articles our our podcast stuff will go also on to inside the penguins as well from sports illustrated fan nation from nick horwatt and nick berlansky that's it see you guys on thursday have a great week and happy playoffs pens fans you can follow us on twitter at nick horwatt 41 and at nick underscore berlansky you can also follow the show's twitter handle at iceberg podcast this podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcast from so please subscribe and rate us on apple podcasts we are brought to you by the hockey podcast network you can visit them on twitter at hockeypodnet or at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com every team everywhere